These days, ecotourism is a buzzword. It's plastered across websites for tropical snorkeling parks and African Sahara tours. It was advertised in some form or another at every site we explored in Costa Rica. But have you ever stopped to think about what ecotourism actually means? The word almost becomes an oxymoron if you think real hard about it. Can tourism really be eco-friendly? Let's find out. Here's my interview with a local Costa Rican rainforest guide. I recorded this conversation as we drove towards the Gondoka Manzanilla rainforest, where we spent the day hiking and creature spotting with Abel. His local Costa Rican heritage and his role as an ecotourism rainforest guide makes for a uniquely informed and unusual perspective on climate change and the tourism industry. Abel's opinion of the Costa Rican government contrasted with Haniel, the wildlife guide with indigenous heritage who I interviewed in my previous episode. As you listen to our conversation, you'll see that Abel speaks highly of the government's efforts to mitigate climate change and conserve national parks. Even more interestingly, he praises the government's efforts to preserve indigenous culture, especially among youth. Haniel, on the other hand, believed that the government neglected or forgot about the Bribri community. Abel's views on ecotourism and his observations about the impact of increased human visitation to the rainforest are also surprisingly positive compared to the pessimistic narrative we often hear in the media. My name is Abel Bustamante, Natural Story Guide, Gandoka Manzanillo Wildlife Refuge, Costa Rica. Um, can you talk a little bit about how climate change is affecting the refuge and your work and how you've seen it impacting the jungle? Well, global warming is not only affecting our area, it's affecting the whole world. Down here we see it directly affect in a special in uh, turtles, amphibians, who are very dependent in external temperature. Our leatherback turtles in Espero are having trouble uh, for nesting since the level of the water, level of the sea is getting higher and rougher. <clears throat> Riptides have been changing a lot in the last years. The beach themselves getting washed, changed. That is affecting them a lot. In the forest themselves, it is not that uh, visible Seems the trees are actually very happy with the, with the sun and the rain. It's not a big deal. But we notice how some animals, like birds, are changing some of their nesting activities. Well, and specifically about the turtles is mainly because the level of the water is changing, riptides are changing, and the morphology of the beach is changing a lot. In especially for an animal like it's a turtle, which is an animal who lives a very long life, some of them more than 150 years, like the leatherback turtle. Uh, when they come back to later eggs, they find out a completely different beach and then it's tougher for them. And we know this is happening because the weather, uh, everything is changing. And how does this affect the people here, like the indigenous communities or just the locals? It affected, but they may not understand it. They may not know it immediately. Many times things happen and people just say, weather is crazy. Of course, weather is crazy, but why the weather is crazy? Uh, we see in then the rainy seasons, and we never have a real dry season since this area is tropical rainforest. But uh, the level of rain is funny. It decreased in the last years. 
along the year. But then we have certain times of the year, very heavy rains. Then this is changing the farming. It is changing how they can use the rivers to move through, how they can use the river to go hunt, catching a fish. Uh, things like that is how it's changing. And what is the, is the, is there anything that the government is doing to kind of step in and mitigate these effects of climate change in the jungles and in Costa Rica? Well, Costa Rica is one of those countries which is trying to do as much as can. <clears throat> one of the main things our country is doing is trying to protect, trying to save as much as possible the forest. And in a special down here, tropical rainforest, trying to protect it as much. Actually, right now, Costa Rica is the second country in the world with the largest percentage of protecting area. Everybody knows, take care of the forest, they take care of the weather. My family and I stumbled through the Gondoka Monsignor rainforest, our feet jammed into borrowed boots clumped with muck. We crunched plantain chips and smacked our salty lips, the rest of our insatiable senses struggling to swallow the jungle hole. With full stomachs and hungry eyes, we scoured the canopy of the dense primary forest for capuchin monkeys. Our guide pointed out birds that rivaled the flamboyant costumes and glamorous names of circus performers. The fiery-billed Arikari, its crimson beak like a flamethrower's torch. The collared Trogon, with its swanky silver necktie and blood-red suit. Our guide, a local Costa Rican named Abel Bustamante, paused at an unassuming tree. Though in the jungle, one should assume that every tree can kill, cripple, corrupt, or chase you. Abel jabbed his walking stick into a hole at the tree's base and swirled it around in there like a COVID-testing nasal swab. When he pulled it out, a tarantula clung to the tip. See her striped legs grabbing the branch? He pointed. A zebra tarantula. The next tree we stopped at, Abel instructed my father to rub his palms on the end of the magic walking stick. Once again, he poked the stick into a hole in the trunk. Seconds later, inch-long bullet ants swarmed up that magic wand, pursuing my father's smell. The bullet ant sting causes temporary paralysis in humans, our guide quipped. Their venom is a neurotoxin strong enough to kill small frogs. We tramped over the roots of walking trees and strangler figs, gorging our ears on the delicious, gurgling call of the oropendula. Finally, our guide pulled to a stop at a silvery smooth fallen tree, the guanacost tree, which boasts the hardest wood in Costa Rica. Abel pulled out a machete and invited each of us to try and hack at the log. My father was a logger, Abel explained. Before ecotourism, Costa Ricans viewed the forests and trees as the best possible source of income. People used it for either farming or logging, but the quality of life was poor, and the forests were disappearing, he said. Even though we value the environment, we have to balance that with our profits. That's why ecotourism is a wonderful solution, he explained. Can you talk a little bit about, like, the earthquakes here or the hurricanes and how like you know that there's negative and positive effects of those thanks god we never had hurricanes or at least not yet but we have in earthquakes costa rica is located in a very important area talking about tectonic plates down here this part talamanca county it's exactly 
where Cocktail's plate comes underneath of Caribbean plate. We already had a serious earthquake back in 1991, 7.2. It really changed a lot the way how people see nature, see life, see the work, see ecotourism, everything. Seems for almost a year we were completely isolated of the rest of the country. Seems uh, many roads and bridges suffers in the process. It is, of course, related to global warming. Seems uh, tectonic plates are, or the North Pole and South Pole are melting and ice is releasing pressure. And this is making the tectonic plates move. Seems in this area, Cocos Plate comes underneath of Caribbean Plate. Of course, then it shakes a lot. Costa Rica is a very active country talking about tremors and earthquakes. And how has tourism been lately? How's it impacted climate change? And how is how is it affected by climate change and COVID? Well, the, the climate change may not affect directly actually tourism. Maybe it's the opposite. Tourism down here is helping to protect it. Seems Costa Rica is a very much eco country. People are coming here more to see nature, wildlife, and actually um, percentage of nature, forests, since the 80s till now, 2021, been increasing since people realize nature will be the main business. Sounds uh, cold to say it, but that's the way, how it is. So how do the pesticides um, in the spring affect all of the different wildlife and biology and ecosystems around here? Well, talking about the banana seems there's a massive like, amount of uh, chemicals affecting all of the levels, including back in time, back in the 70s, uh, a lot of people get uh, sterilized because banana they were using pesticides that wasn't allowed in the U.S. since earlier than the 30s, like nemagon and DDTs. Nowadays, they reduce the percentage, but it's still very high. Killing everything, it will be very difficult to find a little animal besides a gecko in the banana plantation. There is no birds, there is no ants, there is no nothing, nothing. Many of those pesticides get washed with the rain, ending in the rivers, ending in the sea, which is not exactly the best. Does it affect like other? Does it? How far does it spread? I guess does it? Does it impact things that are living like in the jungles or does it impact the sea turtles? In the jungle, maybe not much and especially nowadays because nowadays there are planes using high technology where they organize token. They organize the, uh, the spraying with GPS and coordinates specifically where the plane automatically sprays. But accidents sometimes happen. And if it's not even like that, just the evaporation of those chemicals dropping later on with the rain are not exactly the best. Getting in the rivers, going to the sea, it hurts everything in the sea, turtles, fishes, uh, the coral reef, it hurts everything. Can you talk a little bit about the different cultures that kind of intersect here um, and how they, like the different influences they have? Well, in this area, the main cultures, seaside, are Afro-Caribbean people. If you go a bit more in the back, 
of the mountains, there are breweries and Quebecers. Uh, right now, tourism is helping a lot develop of these people seems uh, brings a little bit of money is helping their economy COVID was very tough since the country was locked down for about eight months and it still is uh, in a low percentage of tourism right now we have in like 65% of the normal tourism we're supposed to have for December but it's getting much better than last year this is actually like I've been saying positive for the community positive for the cultures the government as well been working in to protect their cultures. How? Helping them have schools run by their own people. And I'm talking about in as well the breweries. In the schools there are allowed to speak in breweries. Something that in Costa Rica is a tradition is that the school is in Spanish, since we are a Spanish speaking country. But um, in brevity they are hiring teachers of bravery cultures to try to hold and maintain their culture as much as possible. COVID was tough, not only here, it was tough all over around the world, but of course then for countries who work in tourism, it a bit harder. So can you just explain a little bit about the difference um, in the property rights and what it means to be a national park versus a wildlife refuge? A national park is a land owned by government land which is let's say is under protection by several rules people allowed only to go and, and look hang hiking around this kind of activities hunting is not allowed in costa rica no matter where a refuge a refuge is a private owned area protected by several rules then uh, owners must follow but even like that people allowed to do certain use of the property under a manager plan and people can sell them. National parks are not. So I guess just like what is the balance between protecting the environment and also making sure that the country has enough money to support itself because like we see these environmental protections in the jungle with the refuges but we also see like the monocultures of the banana plantation so can you just talk a little bit about that balance? Well, actually, nowadays, protecting the country is making the main profit. Because, again, since we are an ecotourist country, and like I told you yesterday, this is like playing poker. Nowadays, people pay just for looking. We realize it will be way better to show you an agouti than hunt the agouti and eat it or sell it. No matter, like, locals or corner, no matter who, but I mean, like, it's better business. Again, sounds cool says then this is a business but at the end is the way how people live right now ecotourism pays all of the bills and we don't have to change anything then uh, majority of the people I am not saying it's 100% but majority of the people are very happy with the idea of protecting nature and with that pay their bills you notice as much farming as is driving through this Gandoka area much more farming here even when there is nothing eh? but much more than Manzanillo and standard of life of people in Manzanillo is better than here just look at the road look at the power lines no telephone line no um, fiber optic the connection here is sterile just because there is no tourism 
then we see it in Costa Rica then actually tourism have been very important very cool helping us develop then being positive Okay, my last question is, um, in a lot of different national parks around the world, COVID has obviously, you know, had a really, taken a toll on tourism, but it's also kind of had a positive impact, like the animals have had a chance to come back and nature has kind of had a chance to recover. So have you seen anything like that with less tourism? Of course, of course. Definitely all over the world, COVID was negative and as well was positive. We noticed then, yeah less people going on the woods, less pressure to the animals, let's say, was positive. But as well, if COVID keeps going on and people don't have work by one or by another way, three times a day, we have to have something warm in the stomach. If we have to end in hunting the iguana for lunch, we'll do it. And then in the long term, it will be very negative. That's why we're so happy that things are changing and things are getting positive. Uh, we respect the animals. Animals have their space. We're trying to do it responsible behavior with them. And at the end, trying to make everybody happy. Okay, thank you so much for speaking to me. I found it interesting how both Haniel and Abel mentioned that while the indigenous Bribri community experiences the impacts of climate change, they don't necessarily call it by that name or attribute unfamiliar natural phenomena like changes in precipitation and harmed aquatic life to climate change itself. Likewise, Abel claimed that the effects of climate change are not particularly noticeable in the rainforest itself. As you listen to the interview in my next episode with a wildlife guide from the La Selva Biological Reserve, you'll hear a drastically different perspective on the significance of climate change's impact on the rainforest. I found Abel's positive attitude towards increased ecotourism to be unusual. The prevalent dialogue about the ecotourism economy, an industry that profits off of visitation to once secluded forests, is disparaging. On the contrary, in Abel's opinion, ecotourism is the wave of the future, a means of conserving the jungle rather than destroying it. The rainforests were once viewed solely as a material source of profit, a limitless cash crop for the lumber industry. However, the voracious consumption of rainforest timber is not sustainable or profitable in the long run. Abel suggests that unlike logging, ecotourism, profit, and rainforest preservation are not mutually exclusive. Ecotourism not only invigorates the economy, but it does so while strengthening the rainforest. Education is a renewable resource. That is to say, educating curious tourists about the rainforest encourages them to protect it and build it back stronger, rather than view it as an expendable commodity. If Ecotourism is done right, it is mutually beneficial for the forest and the tourist. Both can grow, literally and figuratively, from the relationship. My next interview, however, is filtered through a different perspective. Stay tuned.